Hello, and welcome back to the Pastor and the Witch podcast, recorded here in Muncie, Indiana. My name is Jordan Butler, and I'm here with my amazing, wise, I'm trying to think of words I've not used. There's so many. Conservative. Cons- oh my gosh. <laughs> I would love you even if you were conservative, but... <laughs> Who are you, babe? I'm Grant. (laughs) But yeah, so today, or tonight, I should say, this episode, our 13th episode, right? That's right. We're going to get back into some heaviness. Heavy like a Tony Iommi riff. Oh my gosh. Tone. Sweet Leaf, (laughs) Electric Funeral, the list goes on. Sorry, that was my watch. Yeah, so um, I think that what we talked about talking about on this episode was kind of not getting into detail about things in childhood that we've already covered, but talking about how those things have Shaped us. Yeah, some of our behaviors and and thought process and thought patterns and just how we were definitely different, but definitely why, you know? Right. So, I mean, so if you could describe yourself to me, say, like, you never met me, right? And say, I was like, okay, you have to describe, and it's like present day, it's like today, right? And I'm like, you have to describe how you were when you were like 16 to 18 years old. How would you describe that, babe? Naive. Um, let's see. Scared. Hopeful. You know. What kind of clothes did you wear? Um... Actually, looking back, I remember wearing, I always loved, like, hippie clothes. Yeah. And I would wear really long skirts, and, like, I always loved the um, bell-bottom jeans. But I do remember wearing belly shirts a lot. Oh, yeah. Because those were stylish, but. Belly shirts. Belly shirts. Isn't it funny when you look back, like, the the first cover of the Ramones album, Dee Dee's wearing a belly shirt? And, like, in the 70s, like, belly shirts were, like, a very masculine shirt to wear. I think it's because, like, football players wore them or some mm-hmm. shit. Well, another thing I would, I don't know, I also always did my hair real crazy. Like, I was the only sixth grader during that time coloring my own hair. <laughs> that's awesome. Which is kind of weird to think about because now that's, like. Yeah, now, like, the 14-year-old has, like, a sleeve. <laughs> like getting over a drug addiction. Oh man, that's <laughs> terrible. But <laughs> um, but yeah, and I remember one time I wore, man, this was sophomore year I think, high school. <laughs> I remember I had these bright pink pants, and I'm imagining the shirt was pink, but I don't know. But the jacket, it was kind of, it kind of, it wasn't real leather, of course, but it reminded me. Like, it was bright pink, yeah. and it had, like, it was that real ugly, shiny yeah. <laughs> material. It's like vinyl or something. Yeah. Remember, like, vinyl pants and all that shit. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I wore that one day, <laughs> and I had my hair all crazy. Or I might have wore a wig or a hairpiece. I don't know. But so, like, if, if I met you, though, what would you what would you be into? Like, what were you about? Oh, man. I was real into music. Yeah, I was real into music. But see, the sad thing is, though, I didn't really know a lot about music. I only listened to what I was, was, which it's not like I had a lot of music either, you know. But I just remember I loved, honestly, I loved listening to instrumental music a lot, which might be why I have, like, a little bit of an ear for the piano, because I loved Yanni. I was going to say, I think you 
told me about you and your grandma. Really, yeah. Yanni. My grandma, she loved Yanni, but she had like this VHS ta- uh, tape uh, of him um, performing live at that stadium. Because so like, you showed me pictures. Yeah. And I was like, wait, didn't Yanni play there? But it was from that video. And I mean, I used to watch that all the time. I don't know why. I was just, I think. Also, Yanni had, like, long hair, and I thought he was, like, cute or something, but I also yeah. loved the music, because I had his, I would, I had his CD. Yeah. And I also loved Kenny G. Kenny G. <laughs> I, I remember Yanni kind of had a Frank Zappa vibe to him in his appearance, but his music was instrumental, right? He didn't sing. Was he a conductor? Or did he play Yeah, I feel like he did conduct, like, I feel like he did, like, his own. Yeah. But he played the piano, and... I remember him being huge. Yeah. Honestly, I don't really know a lot about him, but I feel like he played the piano, but I don't know if he played other instruments. I know that Kenny G had the world record. It might be broke now. Probably broke by some 12-year-old kid in South Korea watching YouTube, but... (laughs) Because there would be, like, some 12-year-old kid just, like, shredding, like, matching Paul Gilbert for everything. And the guitar is like three feet longer than he is tall. Yeah. But I remember Kenny G had the, uh, the in the Guinness Book of World Records, the longest note. And it was like 68 minutes or something like that. So he played one note, and I don't know what note it was. But he said he figured out how to breathe while still playing. Huh. So, and he played... I don't, what the fuck did that dude play? The clarinet. Oh, okay. He played the clarinet. And um, I, th- I just can't imagine, like... I think. And I, I think it was at a live show. Mm-hmm. So, can you imagine? It's like, <laughs> I'm going to play a C-sharp for an hour and ten minutes. Like, I, That's crazy. Yeah, I wonder if people are like, man. But, yeah, I was into music. Um, I was into rollerblading. I was a big rollerblader. Um, uh, I mean, I was in a little bit of art, like, journal, yeah, I don't know. I don't know of what I'd be into, I guess. I was a loner kid. I don't know. I went, you know, I, there's just a lot of, I experienced a lot of things. It's not like, which I've said this before, it's not like my childhood was bad because it wasn't bad, but there was a lot of things I experienced emotionally and like questioned from a young age that kind of, I was a deep thinker growing up, you know, and there was a lot of things that I think held me back from things that I should have been interested in because I was so like I, I've told you this before, like I always like wanted a boyfriend and all this and that, but I think a lot of that was just me fantasizing about having a happy family kind of thing. Yeah. And it's not like that, because like I said, me and my mom were super close, and you know we were close growing up when I was growing up too, but it was just, you know, things I didn't understand. But I just didn't have that family. We moved around a lot. I just. You know, I had a handful of friends, and I always had that, like, want to be popular or whatever, like, when I was young, like, I really did. But I think, like, I kind of hid that, but it was just because of that acceptance type thing. Like, yeah. I just wanted people to like me. Yeah. But I was definitely always myself. Like, I definitely, I don't feel like I was afraid to be different, so, you know. Sorry. No. Why are you just staring at me? I want you to keep talking. <laughs> well, um, well, like what else I was into? Yeah, like what you were about. <sighs> I mean, I know all these answers, but there's a lot of people that don't. Oh, I know. It's like, and I have to act like that. I don't know. Oh, I, I know. What you're into. I know. I know. <laughs> well, ask me another question to help me kind of guide in a different direction. Well, well, what were you not into? Like, what did you dislike? 
Well. And you played sports, right? Yeah. Okay, so I ran track, yeah. played soccer. I guess I just wasn't under- sure if that's just anything, like what type of stuff I was into. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I ran track. I was a hurdler. What? Did you run like the 100 or? Yeah, in the in, it was 100, I think 100 meter and then 300 meter. And I did the 300 meter too, which absolutely sucked. Which the main reason I did that was to keep my, or no, I actually ran the two mile to keep my endurance up for the 300 meter hurdle. But that last fucking hurdle, man, was always a killer. Like I dreaded it. Yeah, that sounds terrible. <sighs> I had scars on my knees for a few years from uh, track. Yeah. But the, the hurdle, hurdling was my main sport. I did long jump a little bit. Wasn't that great at it. Didn't really like it. Long jump, I, I did really good a couple times but never really stuck with it like it wasn't really my thing so I'm not really that fast of a runner (laughs) (laughs) but I did good at hurdles played soccer I really liked soccer I broke my collarbone my freshman year (laughs) how long did that take to heal it was like eight weeks or something, but it sucked because I was actually a pretty decent player. Like, I, I feel like I could have got pretty good, but then I got hurt, and then I was super scared of the ball after that. Like, I was super timid. <laughs> Couldn't get over it. But, yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, you don't, you don't have to. Oh, I know, but I just don't know what to say, talking about myself. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Back and delete. Well, no, like, I think that, you know, I was asking those things because I wanted to kind of get kind of like an idea, especially coming from the perspective, like, if I didn't know you get an idea of how you were and who you were in those like unawkward fucking years of being a teenager you know I, you ever hear like people like oh I wish I could go back yeah I've never ever said that I mean it's not like it was all bad times but just like it, you know it's kind of like your 20s your 20s suck too you know what I mean <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, I was I quiet. Know. Like, I just don't know what else is, like, yeah. am I saying no, the right so thing? That's kind of what I'm worried about. Am I talking yeah. about the right stuff? Yeah. Just anything? Yeah. Because I really want to lead into, you know, like, our young adult years and more so you in your young adult years and how the things that you've been through shaped how you were, especially as a young adult. I mean, most young adults... Especially when you throw kids into the mix, um, it's tough, you know. I mean, like, it's hard, too, if you come from, you know, like, where I came from was a a totally middle-class perspective. And you have that kind of weird, like, perception that you just assume that, you know, where your parents are at when you move out is where you'll be at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my parents obviously <clears throat> both worked and had good jobs. So, like, it was going, like, from comfort and just ease to fucking, like, the reality of you got to pay your bills at the end of the month and renting, and especially, like, renting in a college town, you know, just it sucks because it's just a shit ton of slumlords that just don't give a shit. But you still have to pay a lot of money. So it's just it's just interesting and, and weird in that sense, but you know another reason why I was asking those because you know when we you know you got married and you were seventeen, right? Yep. Wait. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Eighteen. Eighteen, but you were you were still a senior in high yep. school, right? Yes. So how long did you have before you graduated high school when you got married? How long had I been married before I graduated? Yeah. Basically a year. Oh, shit. Well, hold on. Not quite a year. So 
it was like nine, ten months. Okay, so you got September. you got married at the beginning of the school year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was like September. Okay. So, but, and you know, I know you've told me a lot about that marriage, but let's talk about your next one. Just not the marriage itself, but how you were, like how did some of those things that we had talked about in previous episodes, how did they impact, like how you dealt with things and how you experienced things? Well, I, you know, had Haley when I was, let's see, was I 20, 21, I think, when I got pregnant with her. Yeah, almost 22. But uh, so, you know, I was young. And again, it was just one of those relationships where, you know, I just was wanting so much to have this family that was stable and healthy. But it always seemed to never be that. Like, I took care of my kids. and But with me, like, like I said before, I, I always thought I could be the, the fixer, you know. And I would s- give a million chances and stay and... And it's not like I wasn't I wasn't perfect, you know, because I stayed and I was just toxic in the environment, you know, and yeah. um, but like I don't know. I think a lot of it, honestly, I I grew up without my dad, so I think that might have a lot to do with it. Like they say, daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't. I, you know, but I, I always like, I never had that stable male figure in my life and neither did my mom. So I just was always settling for the least basically. Yeah. And just maybe like you said earlier, how, how I grew up is how I just pictured like it wouldn't be any better. So say if, you know, you're, say you have Haley and Silas, right? And hypothetically, I meet you, right? And you're married, not like in a weird way, just I meet you. What were some of the things that would be different about you now compared to back then? Uh, Probably, I would probably look very tired and like probably quiet and just know, I mean, I would talk to you, but you would probably just see it in my face. Like, I don't know, when I look at pictures of me then, and it's not like I was just so unhealthy or anything, but I was mentally unhealthy and depressed and just, just, you know, I don't know, just unhappy. But you could see it in my eyes, you know, there were times where I was like super thin and then once I had kids I gained a little bit of weight and then I'd lose the weight and then you know I don't know just seeing those pictures like makes me remember how I really wasn't happy (laughs) but for now like with then for how I'd be different I'd be probably nowhere near as confident as I am now I mean of course I still have days where I don't feel confident but I'm definitely more like outspoken and stand my ground and have my opinion and would never put up with things now that I did then for sure. Like what? (sighs) Like mental, verbal abuse, disrespect. Um, From like another person but also for myself, like, self-sabotaging, like, behaviors, you know, like, it was always, I deserve this, or I am never going to have anything better than this. So, like, that kind of, like, thought process right there, that, like, I'm never going to have anything better than this, or I deserve this, or kind of when you say, like, you deserve this, 
what you're really saying is like this is the best that I'll ever get or I'll ever yeah. do. Yeah. And like so that kinda really just kinda paints like hopelessness, right? And hopelessness definitely is like one of those red flags for clinical depression. It's one of the first things that like if somebody has that outlook like what's going on right then will never get better. It's definitely a, a red flag for it. But when you were experiencing this and then now where we're at now like why do you think there's so many I'm going to generalize for a second but I'm going to say women that stay with asshole husbands or significant others that you know you could fill in the list that either abusive or they unfaithful you know all these things don't work just anger issues all the all the above why do you think like that's so common for young women to do that well in my opinion I think a lot of women do grow up without their father there's a lot of divorce um, like broken families where women don't have their real dad or they're just unstable <clears throat> or they have an abusive father or something. Um, and I also think it's a fear of, like, being alone. Because I know that was part of mine, too. Like, I really was afraid to be alone and have to do everything myself. So, fear of being alone, having to do everything yourself. Like, what else is in that fear of being alone? Just not not like feeling loved okay, from someone yeah. else, but it's really yourself that you need to learn to love. Yeah. That's the real issue. Yeah. It's not, the issue's going on in yourself. Like the issue is me. Yeah, these people might've done things to me, but it's up to me how I live after these things, you know? <clears throat> so that's, you know, when I, of course, you hear that. You always say, oh, you can't, you know, you can't love anybody. If you don't love yourself, you can't love other people. Yeah. And in a way, that's really true. Like, it really is true. And how you feel on the inside, you're going to attract that type of energy around you. You know, like how they say with addicts or recovering addicts, you have to change your environment. You have to change your friends. You have to, you know delete all contacts in your phone. Like, there's a lot of things you have to do. And it's the same thing, because... Well, can you ever remember a time during this period um, where you, like, attempted... I'm going to say get out, but what I mean get out is, like, not just get out of a relationship or that relationship, but get out of, like, that whole lifestyle or mentality. Did you ever, like, have a conscious decision where you tried to get out that you can recall? Uh, yes. Now, in the marriage I was in with my kids' dad, um, honestly, let's see, it, there was a couple times where, like, we were going to separate and then got back together, but that happened, I think, once, and then the second time, like, for good you know, but, um, of course, I had it in my mind, like, I'm going to be by myself, I'm going to do better, you know, just get my life right, and then I ended up jumping right into that next relationship with who's in prison, Yeah. and so, obviously, that was, looking back now, that was all me, you know, that had nothing to do, I mean, yeah, me and my ex-husband had a pretty, you know, it was in a healthy marriage. It, we tried. Yes, we loved each other, but, like, it wasn't the right yeah. kind of love type thing. And, but, like, with going into another relationship, it showed that I really wasn't the healthy one, like, still. Like, you know what I mean? 
So what is like, because I'm jumping around here, and I want to like stay kind of back in the beginning, but when you say you're not the healthy one, so when you realize that you weren't healthy, what's some of the things from the personal perspective that you attributed to that? Well, when I realized I wasn't healthy, I think a lot during that relationship with the last person I was with was I think I realized pretty early on in that relationship that I was in trouble and I was scared to, you know, this was serious because of how dangerous things were being, were getting. But, uh, I think, you know, cause I don't know, I've taken like antidepressants since I was off and on, not like real strong stuff or anything, but just off and on since I was like 14, yeah. you know? So I think I always kind of like knew that I had depression or whatever, but <clears throat> sometimes I think I would use that like as to, oh, well, that's why I behave this way or that's why, which can be true to an extent. Like when you have a mental illness and you have dep dep even just clinical depression, nothing like crazy, but clinical depression and anxiety, you know, there are symptoms of that that you will feel. But also it, it's not, it shouldn't keep you from being able to, behave and, and make certain choices, you know, but I think I kind of use that as like, oh, well, I'm depressed all the time, you know, or kind of like the whole self-sabotaging type behavior, yeah. but, which I don't know where I was going with that, but, well, you know, I was just kind of asking you what were some of the things that you thought were like, yeah, this is unhealthy, um, mm -hmm. um, well, honestly, I think I deep down I knew that the whole time. I think, but then again, I just, that came along with, well, this is just my life, you know. I so like, didn't. Well, when you say, like, this is just my life, and you know, you kind of, you said before that, like, this is basically, I don't deserve any better. Why did you feel that? Not like because obviously there's self-esteem stuff going on, but like outside of like that psychological perspective, why do you think you felt that way about yourself? Well, I think I think a lot of it was I just felt like I was a people pleaser for one, very codependent. Um, I don't know, really. I just, I don't really know. Like, I do, but no, I mean, it's, it's just like one of those one of things those that, like, when you really have to think about it, like, I mean, I really feel that me growing up without my father has a lot to do with it. Like, I even still feel like I struggle with it a little bit, because sometimes I call him dad, and sometimes I'm calling father, but I don't know if that's just like me doing that because I'm still like, and it's not like I, I used to think about my, you know, think about him all the time, but I don't really a lot anymore, but still like, I think I'm still hurt, you know, yeah. because yeah, but. Well, I, you know, like I, that's a tough question. It's kind of like a, you know, unanswerable question because especially like you got to look back like, 10, 12 years, you mm -hmm. know, and even longer in some cases. But I, I want to, like, I want to talk about this because I want to lead into, you know, you you brought up the, you know, the former relationship that is now in prison. Mm -hmm. We talked about on here before, but not this episode, but the next or, or whenever we'll talk about what it's really like to live with a narcissist, the true narcissist, not just an asshole sometimes or just a selfish person, but a true narcissist and uh, kind of get into that 
But before we can get into that, though, like, you know, I, I feel bad because I know these fucking questions suck, you know? Well, I kind of feel bad, too, though, because I don't know. Maybe in my mind I'm being too hard on myself because I feel like this is about me, damn it. I should be able to answer these fucking questions. And I don't want to be, like, be all weird and silent and not know what to say. Cause I, and it's not really that I'm afraid to talk about it or anything. Maybe I just, I've never really, I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know, well, just I mean, one of those things where. Yeah, a lot of these things don't have, like, <coughs> simple, short sentence answers, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, thinking about it, one thing about, like, why I just didn't think I was good enough and I think it was because I just felt like, other than my mom, people always left, you know? And it's not like, you know, and my Aunt Katrina and Uncle Chris, like my cousin Leah, like I kind of grew up going over there because I would, they babysat me, you know, because I went to the same school for a while. and But they had, like, they ate at the table and... They always lived in the same home. And now, like, and a, that's a huge difference, like, right there. It's so crazy. Like, when the family eats at the table, it's like a, I mean, I, and I get it, like, you know, sometimes. like. Well, the thing with my mom and me is she worked all the time. Yeah. That was what my mom did. She worked all the time to be able to make it, you know. And, I'm, and I imagine she was on food stamps. I don't know. I never... I've never really asked her, honestly, but I don't know. But, like, and, of course, cost of living was a lot cheaper then. Like, I remember my mom paying, like, three fifty, four hundred a month for, like, yeah. a two-bedroom apartment, yeah. you know? That's crazy, thinking about that. Yeah, but, like, get that in the hood now. Yeah. But, you know, so times were different, but still, she was working her ass off trying to raise me, and she was a single mom. I mean, she had, like, those few boyfriends through the years that were bad but like it wasn't like it wasn't like she had just all these men coming in and out of her life but you know but the ones that were there were unhealthy and toxic and but like I don't know where no it's okay I mean you know like a just kind of like a lot of these questions lead to more questions, but, mm-hmm. like, while you're trying to answer questions, you're still kind of... And then I have all these, like, thoughts come in my head, and then I lose track of where we're at. No, it's, <laughs> you know, like, a lot of people, like, I do this every day at work, you know, people will say things, and I'll kind of self-reflect out loud, and I'll, I'll literally write down stuff, because then we'll kind of do what you just did, mm. like... I don't know where I was going with uh, yeah. that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I just I remembered, again? I just remembered, like, it wasn't like my mom had that. She worked all the time, and that's why she wasn't. It's not, And it's not yeah. like she was never around either. I mean, me and her did stuff. We, She'd take me to go get ice cream. She went all to my sport. She went to all of my sporting events, yeah. you know, and she, you but know. And it's like the family, though, that doesn't have to, like, they can eat at the table, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, like, I get it. Some people are, like, busy as fuck, and the kids are in sports, and they're in 20 different things, so it's hard. But I'm not talking about that, because that's, like, a... That's not dysfunction, you know? That's just a busy schedule. But uh, I was more talking about the dysfunctional aspect of mm-hmm. families not being together. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know. And one thing, too, like... And I get it, like, this stuff's expensive, and I know it doesn't really matter a whole lot, but I think growing up it did. Like, I'd go to my cousin's house or almost everyone, really, all my cousins, and they'd always have all their school pictures, like, every yeah. year. And, like, I barely, I always, I have a few pictures, but it wasn't, like, every year. Like, I don't have, I only have a couple pictures in high school. And I had a bunch, I mean, there's a bunch of pictures of me growing up when I was, like, a baby and stuff, and just regular, like, Kodak pictures, but, like, school pictures, you know? Yeah. But. We've never gotten family pictures taken, like, legitimately. Really? No, like, you and Oh, like I thought you meant you and your family. I was like, I've seen your no, family we pictures. Had, like, we had one formal one, and I was, like, I was, I was young. I think I was, like, I mean, I'm missing teeth. The natural way to miss teeth, not like <laughs> the drug way to missing teeth. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. We haven't, and we need to. Like, 
maybe we should do fall pictures or, well, depending on how everything's going, but definitely springtime, hopefully, or even Christmas. I always like it. This used to be like a rich family like <laughs> thing, uh, but I want to do it. But like back in the day, like a family, it almost seemed like every house you would ever go to where like the family was like a wealthy family or something. Their family pictures always included their animals too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But now I've always thought like that normal. would be cool. Yeah, it'd be cool. We'd have to give Chester. Like, Chester, some yeah. Fuck. I was about to say, give him a Xanax. <laughs> but L7, she'll just sit there. But yeah, like, you know, I ask you those things because, like, you know, not eating at the table or having a, a, a single parent home where. That single parent has to work all the time, you know. I mean, it's a terrible thing that most, you know, people have no choice over. And, but it really does shape certain things, you know. I was like the op. I mean, my parents both worked. My mom went back to work when I was, I think I was four months old, three months old. And, you know, basically still works today. And she's 70, but... You know, that experience totally shaped me as I entered into, like, having kids and going to work. Because, like, I was not like that at all, let me tell you, like, when I was in high school and stuff, you know. And I most kids aren't. Like, who the fuck wants to work when you're in high school? But you worked all the time in high school, didn't you? Yeah. Like, you always had jobs. <clears throat> yep. I've, I feel like I have good work ethic. Yeah, you do. Um, and I got that from my mom for sure. But like, I think honestly, it was always the, the men. <laughs> that was what I struggled with. Yeah. It was the men and just always wanting that other person to like be in love with and be happy with and have that fantasy type life. So what's different? Like, Say, like, you come home, you know, Monday night, you have to run out to, like, the grocery store or some shit. And you come home and you walk into our house. What's the difference from walking into our house? And I'm not meaning, like, possessions and things like that, but just the whole mindset and even, like, knowing that you're coming home. What's the difference from it now to, like, some of the I'm actually happy coming home. Like... I mean, of course, before, I'd, I'm always happy to come home and see my kids. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm just happy coming home. I can't wait to come home and be with <clears throat> the kids and you and the f just us being together as a family. I remember, like, I, I, you know, and walk in. Our house, when I walk in, it's just, like I said, happy and just calm. And, like, Besides I feel... Most of the music playing. Do what? Like, we always have music playing. I know, but it's not, like, anxiety, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's still home. Like, oh, it's yeah. just us, you know, to always have music on, even if it's just that <laughs> blah, 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 shit you always play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do that again? No. <laughs> Anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, before, like, I would literally have so much anxiety going home, just... Because I felt shitty about myself and about my life and, you know, and I was doing the best I could, but I just felt like I was failing as a parent still just because, you know, I wanted to have that stable life. And I think I, and deep down I was like, I just don't, I'm not, there's something, I'm not doing something right, you know, but, um, Yeah, I did that again. Lost no, my right. train I mean, of thought. <laughs> you know, like when I come home, you know, usually when I come home, there's a, a lot of people here, so it's always like cool. You know what I mean? Like it's always like feels good, like walking in. But you know, I there's like things like whether we have the turntable going or like the the kitchen stereo. Yeah, the kitchen stereo, or like in our room. Yep. I just always, I don't know, it's like when you, and I know like my music is really not the stuff you're into. But I'll still listen to it and it's oh, still yeah. like fun. Yeah. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm, 
I am never, even when we're in the car, and I was just, like, joking around when I said that, but it's just not, like, my... I don't like... I love the music. A lot of it, I love the music, but it's when they're, like, screaming their lungs out. Well, it's like, I know that, like, Pig Destroyer or Ken Burns, (laughs) if you're not into that kind of stuff, like, it can give you anxiety. But it's... Yeah. But it's just because I didn't grow up listening to it, you know? But... But back to what you're saying. But yeah, like I'm never in a room, like sitting there with you, s- annoyed by the music you have on or anything. Well, that's good. <laughs> I always wondered, like when I was a kid, some of the music I listened to. You know, you'd like look at like adults or like friends, like parents, and none of them like listen to. You know, my dad listened to like Neil Young and All My Brothers and shit like that, and. My mom was like Beatles and Jimi Hendrix, but it wasn't like they weren't listening to Black Sabbath. You know what I mean? And I didn't know any parents or any adults that were like in their 40s and 50s that were like listening to fucking Cannibal Corpse or Pungent Stench or something. And so I always wondered, like, when I was that age, I'm like, I wonder if like I'm gonna like get into like, I don't know, some terrible music as I get older and then look back and be like, man how the hell did I ever get into that, you know? Because it's like that that saying that like Rob Zombie says, you know, he's, he's never met the guy that just listened to Slayer for like a summer. He's only met the guy that's like carving Slayer in their arms and stuff. And they're, and, and it's kind of true because, you know, I'll be 40 here in January and I still listen to that kind of music. I don't know why, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think you grew up with it because that's how I am with like, I love 90s music. You know, because that's just, I mean, yeah. even if it's a fucking stupid Britney Spears song, no, I take that back. <laughs> I get annoyed when I hear her songs, some of them. But I don't know, like, I know what Fuel and... Oh, uh, yeah, that kind of like, that modern rock <laughs> kind of stuff of that time. Yeah. The tail end of like alternative, mm-hmm. like 90s yeah, but anything, like, even if I don't really know the song or the band, you just hear that song and it takes you back. Well, it's weird. And you though, always love it. Because I was a pastor. I preached in High on Fire t-shirts, High on Fire hoodies, sleep hoodies and t-shirts. I preached in, uh, I one one day, I preached in Cannibal Corpse, uh, Evisceration Plague, like the album cover t-shirt. I it was just like what I wore, you know, I mean, I still do, but, and then like, I would wear like worsen, like, you know, hoodies in, like worsen's a, like a very, uh, they call it like depressive black metal and very anti-Christian, you know, um, and I still, like, I, I still loved a lot of that music or like Dark Drum, you know, some of the, those bands that are very anti-Christian, but I just, still listen to that stuff even as a pastor it's interesting you know yeah i don't know i just am who i am so like you can't change who you are you know yeah i'd still like man it's been a long time since i've listened to yanni but actually i think i tr- i think i looked him up on spotify not too long ago but i don't know if i actually remembered to listen well here i'm gonna look him up right now yeah it's funny i'll look up yanni right now on spotify i bet he has a shit ton of followers he actually doesn't i don't think let me see oh wow he only has four hundred twenty thousand followers and his biggest hit song is one man's dream and it has like 18 million streams but then the rest just kind of fall off the next one has like nine or eight million it's funny that dude was fucking huge in the 90s yep he uh well, look up Kenny G. Kenny G. Yeah, on Spotify. Yeah. yeah, I bet Kenny G has a shit ton of followers, too. But I was wrong about Yanni, so let me see here. I don't think I've ever looked him up on Spotify. Kenny G. Do you ever know what the G stood for? 
honestly know. I'm sure I've looked it up before, but I have no idea. Okay, so Kenny G, well, he's definitely doing a lot better than Yanni. He has <laughs> 1,028,186 monthly listeners. And his biggest song is called How Could an Angel Break My Heart, which has almost 25 million streams. Wow. I remember, like, I know he's always been popular, but I went, remember when he did that little solo with Katy Perry and her song? Uh, Kenny G did? Yeah, it was TGIF, I think. <laughs> I think it was that song. He was in her video, too. He looks like he hasn't aged at all. <laughs> he just looks like he's still Kenny G from 1992, <laughs> like, playing next to Richard Marks. That's funny. No, but you know, like we, I, I kind of want to lead into the next episode of like what it's like to live with a true narcissist and experiencing that. But I know, like, when I ask, like, why do people or females, you know, stay in toxic relationships, and men do as well, but you know, I'm sure I'm going to piss somebody off somewhere by saying this, but it does seem like females get into more abusive and just negative, toxic, unhealthy relationships and then stay in them. Yeah. Well, I think, too, a lot of it are men, too. They're abusive and, you know what I mean? Like, it's both ways for sure, but, like, more and more men seem to be that way, but in reality, it's just more of what you're attracting to yourself, kind of back to that whole self-love, like... I really believe that you're going to attract people that you're on the same energy level with, like the same frequency. Like if your mind is dark, if you just don't give a shit and you just don't try and you don't, you just constantly like self pity and just hate yourself. And then that's how your life is going to be basically. Like it's, it truly is about like self realization and and self-love and and learning to take care of yourself and figure out you know childhood trauma and like learn to heal and just and and it's not like it's easy I'm not saying for a lot of people it's just not well like there's one thing that I you bringing up childhood trauma that I wanted to ask you about we don't have to talk about on this episode but we can save it for the next because it'll be a long answer but how did you know some of those things affect your drug use you know like childhood trauma trauma but also like in the middle of you know just depression things like that not having you know self-esteem yeah well I think one thing too I mean I'm not gonna say that I I think I was lucky because I experimented with drugs, but I never truly suffered from an addiction like mm-hmm. like a lot of people do now. Yeah. You know, like I didn't, never was addicted to heroin or meth or pills. Like I went through these phases where I was taking pills, but I never like got, like if we didn't have any, then I was, it wasn't like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, like a real. heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always liked smoking a lot of weed, but. I think with that, and I went through phases where I would drink too, but not like a lot, you know, but I would catch myself like, man, I've kind of been drinking every night, so I need to take a break. And I was always able to do that. So I've always been lucky with that. But there was still that addiction, like where I just wasn't taking care of myself. And and when I was using something... It was, yeah, that high, but it was just, like, an escape for me, which I'm sure is, like, how it is for most people who use. But, and, like, that numb feeling, you know, where, or just that, which that's one thing why I like taking pills, I think, because it would make me feel good and make me feel happy and I f- and all the problems that I was worrying about I didn't worry about it and I would just be like it'll work out it'll be fine or whatever so that's why I don't know but and also just like the childhood trauma for me like 
we'll have to get into this in the next episode because I don't want it to take too long. But, like, the childhood trauma, like, for me, a lot of that was not really abuse. Like, I wasn't abused. I mean, yes, I was, I had that sexual abuse, like, instant happen, Mm -hmm. like, time happen, but it was, like, another little boy or whatever. But I was not harmed. I was not, like, molested. I wasn't. It's not like I witnessed my mom using drugs. Um, I've explained that I've heard her argue a lot growing up. But um, (coughs) like where was I going with this? That's a good question. No, (laughs) you just said like, you know. Oh, okay. I remember. Don't want to talk too long about it, but that's my childhood trauma was more like unstable environment because we moved around a lot like seriously we probably moved 18 times you know and when you think about that that is a lot and we moved like from school to school and I went to a handful of different schools some schools like I moved back and then or moved away and then moved back to the same school and you know so that stuff like that was more you know my trauma and growing up without my father was a trauma and things I experienced emotionally that happened with him, and then, you know, so yeah, definitely gonna be the next episode. Well, and that's what we'll set up for the next episode of just kind of those things leading into what the next episode will actually be about. So we're at 52 minutes right now. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. I know it got pretty heavy, and. Sorry that I get silent, but sometimes it's just hard for me to answer some of these questions, I guess. But thanks for listening. Um, If you haven't liked our Facebook page, go check it out and just give us a like. It's the Pastor and the Witch podcast. Um, We also have a website. We haven't been doing a whole lot with it, but we plan on getting back into it. We're going to be doing some updates on it. But it's the the thepastorandthewitch.com. And then if you want, shoot us an email. Um, kind of a reminder, if you have any paranormal stories or experiences or anything like that that you'd like to share, shoot us an email at the Pastor and the Witch Podcast at gmail.com.